This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Recollections Radio. Monday morning tea time is now all about sharing memories with you, old and new, of life in Dunedin. Bringing you stories, interviews and music from times past and inviting you to share your memories with us. Presented by Jill Bowie and Kay Mercer, the team behind Dunedin Public Library's Scattered Seeds Archive. Thanks to generous funding by the New Zealand Libraries Partnership Project. Recollections Radio, Monday mornings at 11 on 105.4 FM and 1575 AM. Good morning to you. It's Kay and Jill here. Good morning, you. Good morning. How, How are you? Going? I'm very good. How are you going? Excellent, excellent. Have you had a, a good week? I have, actually, yes. I've hit deadlines this week, so I'm <gasps> feeling very thing. liberated. We've, well done. Uh, finally hit the send on uh, the booklet for our exhibitions and it'll go off to the printer and uh, yeah a weight has been lifted. <laughs> I can see your shoulders are much higher. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm floating around like I'm on air now. Oh <laughs> lovely it's so good to get that sort of yeah. thing out of the way. We look forward to seeing the exhibition in June. Yeah. So remind us again what, what day it opens. So it'll open on the 25th of June. Great. So just on the after floor. the Matariki holiday. So oh, excellent. Yeah, so Very keep good an timing. eye out for some posters and things coming up. Yeah. And um, that's appropriate, but I can't say why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been um, busy researching this week, um, working on our virtual theatre project Excellent. and looking at the history of theatres, not cinemas, but theatres this week in Dunedin. Um, and I've leaned heavily on the Reed Gallery exhibition because you may not know, but when we have a Reed Gallery exhibition, when the exhibition closes, we also put it online so you can visit it or revisit it uh, on our website, uh, which is www.dunedinlibraries.govt. .nz. Um, the Reed Gallery also has their own, the Heritage team also have their own website, which I can't recall just now, but you can find it through the Dunedin Public Library's website. Or oh, you might know, do you? Uh, through the, probably, yeah. Yeah, go, ways, through, yeah. go through the library's <laughs> website, yeah. Anyway, there's a mine of information there, and that's where I have drawn on quite uh, heavily for uh, the, the next timeline that I'm working on for Dunedin cinemas. So there's quite a lot of really interesting information on there. Um, for example, did you know that Anna Pavlova performed in Dunedin? Ah. The, the ballerina. Um, she was a Russian prima ballerina, as you know, and choreographer who became the most celebrated ballet dancer of her time. The company she formed in 1911 was the first to tour ballet around the world, and they came to His Majesty's Theatre on June 29th, 1926. It was certainly a busy place, His Majesty's Theatre. It was very well used. Yeah, 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 it was great. And of course, um, brought with her the the, the meringue, did of she? course, yeah. something like that. <laughs> um, yes, so of course it's a, a New Zealand dessert. Yeah. We'll just leave it there. Um, also, Noel Coward came. Uh, he did a patriotic concert at the town hall on January twenty second, nineteen forty one. Um, Noel Coward, of course, was an English playwright, actor, director, composer, and singer. Flame, well, singer, <laughs> famed for his flamboyance and wit. During World War II, he toured widely, having been tasked by British intelligence to use his celebrity to influence public and political opinion. In fa- Do you notice I'm putting on a Noel Coward voice? You are. In favour of a- aiding Britain. <laughs> his travels brought him to Dunedin in 1941, in which his London home was destroyed by German bombs. No. Yeah, that's sad, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. So that was uh, not much fun to go home to. Um, and also, just one last thing, the Dunedin Shakespeare Club. Didn't know we had a Shakespeare Club. It was That's founded in 1877 and made its first appearance in reading in a reading of Hamlet. Early members and performers included Alfred Burton of the Burton Brothers Photography oh. Firm. Yeah. And the eminent lawyer Alfred Hanlon. 
In its early years, all readings, including female roles, were performed by men, in much the same way as it would have been in Shakespeare's time. Mm-hmm. Mr Burton was renowned as capable of assuming a very delicate air. We <sighs> shall say no more on that. The club held regular public readings for decades, and by the early 1960s it was the oldest dramatic society in New Zealand and the oldest Shakespeare reading society in the Commonwealth. How? So that was all very interesting. Isn't that interesting, you know, because you don't think of, you know, the Burton brothers in any other way no. apart from taking photographs. That's so right. Actually, That's right. There's, a, there's, a, there's a closet thespian in, in pretty much all of us, I think. Just so. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I did this week is I went to the Otago Vintage Machinery Club in Outram. Excellent. They were all the gentlemen were sitting around the table and they all stood up and welcomed ah, me, which was very, beautiful. very kind of them, very lovely. I felt very honoured. I was the only female yeah. there and didn't <laughs> I know it. Um, <laughs> and I got a tour of the exhibits um, at the, the museum um, by lovely Neil Gamble, who's a friend of the show. Um, there is a tea bag machine there from the Bell Tea Company. No which way. Which is quite interesting, yeah. It makes the tea bags or fills it the tea filled, bags. Well, uh, it looked like it filled tea bags, yeah. Wow. It sort of had tea bags, tea, tea <laughs> sacks waiting to, yeah. To take them, I didn't get a demo of how it actually works, so yeah. I must ask next time. Um, and there's uh, lots of Scott-based vehicles, which are really interesting. There was a very early, I think he said the first farm bike. You know, they had yeah. these four four by four things now, but um, it was the first farm bike. It was a really cute little motorbike. And my favourite thing was the um, hat machine with <gasps> lots of wooden forms you know for making different sorts of hats and you can see lots of different styles there was a really lovely sort of ladies 1940s hat and a sort of um, I I don't know what you you know sort of a Chinese style hat Um, yeah lots of lovely hats and you could you could tell what they were going to be from looking at the forms and this lovely machine so yeah it was really interesting so I recommend anyone to go there that's at um, Outram up Mm -hmm. on the historical park there so you can check out their um, Facebook page to find out when they're open it's interesting because I always think vintage, you know, vintage machinery. I always yeah. just think cars and tractors and things. I didn't oh yeah, they got a lot machines. of that too. Yeah. But they also had lots of other machines, yeah. which are really interesting. And their aim is not to make them brand new, but they'll take a machine and they they thrive on getting it going again. Ah. so all of these machines will work ah. and can be demonstrated. So it's really exciting. Yeah. Wow. So you um, want to talk about click and click? I think didn't you? I think I am. Yeah. So just for people who maybe aren't comfortable coming back into the libraries or you know or need someone else to pick up you know any books for them or so we have a, a click and collect service running at Janine Public Libraries so our staff will collect or choose 10 items for you from our collections so um, you can let us know what kind of things you like to read or watch or listen to um, and you can also pick up any holds if you've put a hold on a book or anything as well so um, you can pick up from any of our libraries on the specific days and times so you can just check out our website so we've got um, forms on our website website so you can just fill it in with your name if your library membership card and your preferred collection date or time and uh, the library which you would like to pick it up from so you just need to allow 48 hours from placing your order but yeah and so if you can't um, if you're not online if you can't use the electronic forms you can ring us on 03477 and we'll take the order and uh, get your books ready for you to collect mm. such a good service yeah, it really is and it's really great that that's continuing even yes. though the libraries are open again because yeah. a lot of people are busy or they can't get parked or exactly. for whatever reason um, yeah so you can you can get a, a really good supply of books and there's no excuse if you're not coming to the library now exactly because yeah. your books will be waiting for we you we want you to, to borrow our books yes please do please do <laughs> 
got plenty. Um, let's have a song now. It's New Zealand Music Month, so we're going to start the show with E Kore Rawa E Wehi, which is Never Be Apart by Teeks. version by Teeks there, Never Be Apart. I love his voice. It's yeah. incredible. So very cool. Yeah, I'm going to listen to that whole album this month because it's just lovely. Mm. Did you know I'm a guardian of a galaxy? Are you really? Yes, I am. Oh, I, how I, big have is your galaxy? Put, I have a Lilliput <laughs> library and it's a little galaxy. It's oh. all got um, planets and stars on it. 
Um, and I am lucky enough to be one of the guardians appointed oh. by Ruth Arneson, who is our guest today <laughs> on the show, which is a little segue, you may have noticed. Um, yes, Ru- Ruth Arneson is the founder of the Lilliput Libraries. She's a QSM, and of course she's a poet. Um, and does many, many things yeah. for our city. Um, she always reminds me of a little hummingbird. She's just uh, so much energy and just yeah. love her. <laughs> and so much love for making sure that poetry goes out into the mm. community. So I think we should hear from her. Yeah. I think we should. This is the first part of Ruth Arneson and I chatting about just everything, really. Well, it is an absolute joy today to have with me Ruth Arneson, QSM, who is a very well-known poet from Dunedin. Um, who has been involved in many, many community projects, bringing art to the city. So welcome, Ruth. Thank it's you. lovely to have you here. I'm going to start by talking about the great, shining, glittery elephant in the room, which is that you're a QSM. Oh. <laughs> you were awarded a QSM yeah. in 2018 for your yeah. services to poetry. That was such a surprise. Yeah. How did you feel about that? Well, I, I, I opened it up and... My husband thought it was not a... Because it had government, so he said it's not a parking ticket or something, was it? And I just opened it up and said, no, and popped it away. And he said, what is it? I just handed it to him. Yeah. And then I put it away for a day or two to think about it, because it was right. so secret. Yes. Thinking, should I, shan't I? Is it, is it the sort of thing that would suit me or not? And then I thought, no, I think I'll, I'll do it. Good on you. Yeah. So what's involved in that? Do you, do you um, just head up to Wellington? Yeah, I will, you could choose. I could have gone to Christchurch or Wellington. I oh. thought, no, why not go to Wellington and then mm. carry on Sue Family in the North Island? Mm. Government House, and it was um, Pat, Dame Patsy at that time. Yeah. And I have never, ever been to a um, gathering where every single person was made to feel so special. Good. From and rightly you so. Were there, someone came and, and talked to you. After we all given our gongs and things, we went mm. through, and we were never on our own. Was someone talked to us, and we would move on. Someone else would talk to us. It was mm. like this orchestrated thing, but yeah. seemed so natural. Yeah. And um, we were told that Patsy would come and see each one and talk to us. So someone obviously said, "We're going to take you to Ruth. She's da da da," because she just knew exactly what to talk mm. about. It was amazing. Yeah. So she knew your poetry. She. She um, she knew I wrote poetry mm. and she knew enough. Like yeah. and also at the actual ceremony, every single person, she just said these few wee words to, and it was like, how can you say all these things to yeah. all these different people and remember? Yeah. Well, you were, there for, you were there for a reason. You you yeah. achieved yeah huge things it for was, the city it was and for the country. It was an impressive afternoon, and like I'll yeah. treasure that as a memory yeah. forever because it was. Yeah, you're made to feel special, Yeah, which is lovely. So to have your work valued in that way, how did it make um, you feel as a poet? Look, I don't actually talk about it much. No. Because it's a private thing. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like I don't want people to think I'm, think I'm better than I am or anything like that. So um, now and then I'll get a letter with Curiosity and I'll go, oh, please. Oh. <laughs> you know, like, but it's a little, yeah, um, yeah it is, it's a little private thing. It's, it's, your, wee, it's your wee box yes. of treasures. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations anyway. Thanks, I know you're, Kay. you're very humble and very, oh. um, yeah, but so well deserved for all you do. Anyway, I won't embarrass you anymore. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us about your connections to Dunedin. Did you, did you grow up here? 
No, I was born in Omaru, which um, I left before I was one, I think, so oh, I have no okay. recollection. Mm. And my dad was a uh, minister, Presbyterian minister, so we moved around, we moved to Riverton for seven years. Oh, beautiful. Which was the most idyllic childhood yes. out. Then we moved to Timaru for five years, and then we moved to Stirling, just out of Belcloupe. Lovely, yeah. So we were always centred in the lower half of the South Island. Mm. My grandmother lived in Dunedin, and she was a... Um, a huge attraction for the grandchildren and yes. obviously for mum and dad. So we would always one holiday a year would come mm. to Dunedin to stay with her. Yes. And um, yeah, she was a very educated woman who um, she had travelled quite a bit. Was a staunch member of the Burns Society. Oh, go good. To the Burns Excellent. Yeah. Um, I I picked up a lot from her that I didn't realise until I got older. Mm. A lot of my loves for reading and things. So she must have had some fabulous stories for you. Oh, I remember as a child hopping into bed with her if she came to visit us. Mm. Tell me a story, tell me a story. And she'd say, what country? And I would just like pick a country and she would tell me the story. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So she's instilled that that love of storytelling and which obviously comes... Like, you know, I think I decided about seven all I wanted to do was to get through school, earn mm. some money so I could go to England. Yeah. She was born in um, Edinburgh. So actually, she wasn't. She was born in Glasgow, but she came over here mm. after the war. Yeah. Um, and she just told me so many stories. Mm. I began to believe that England was like Millie Molly Mandy. <laughs> you know, like I would be going to thatched cottages every week. Yeah. I grew out of that quickly enough. Yes, but, when yeah. you get there, you realise it's not quite <laughs> like that, but... But nevertheless, I hope you had a good time there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you come to poetry? Did you, was that something that started um, in your travels? or did you? No, actually it was school. Oh, great. I really loved English at school. It was like my favourite subject. Yeah, yeah. And I remember being asked to write a poem and I thought, I don't know how you do this. And the teacher came and said, that's a good poem, Ruth. And I thought, oh, yeah. I think I know how to do this. And that gave me a, I can try, I can perhaps do it. Mm. And I had a few poems published in school magazines and things. Excellent. So it was there. So it was all, you were always great at yeah. poetry. Yeah. yeah. But it laid, it laid dormant for quite a long time yeah. um, because I was travelling. I brought it out a bit when I was travelling. Then when I had a young family, it just lay dormant. Mm. You don't really have time for you when you've got I children. I know, either. but when I reflect now, like, those two boys were just fodder for poetry. I could have used so much yeah. of them, but yeah. I was just busy. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. But all of that will have informed your poetry since, I guess. Because it, yes. it's quite personal, your poetry. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I always call my poetry a kitchen sink poetry. Yeah. Because it's like down to earth. It's a good description. Yeah. 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 And that's why it's, it's so easy to treasure it, because it's a real reflection of life. Yeah. 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 And I've used, I think sometimes when I'm feeling really emotional about one thing or another, mm. that's when I, and poetry comes out. And sometimes that's my best poetry. So it's a cathartic thing, mm. yeah. And I've got the words, that, the words just come that yeah. match the emotion. Mm. Mm. Yeah, often things are, d- that, that powerful creative things are driven by emotion, so mm. I can understand mm. that. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. Mm. And having the right teacher at the right time. Uh, definitely, to yeah. say, you can do this, this That's is right. okay. Yeah, giving you that confidence, yeah. yeah. So it's oh, very was valuable. That was South Otago High School. I yeah, to, and know. how old were you? Um, I would have been probably 14, 15. Yeah. Mm. So it's just that right time in your life mm. when that person said that thing. And mm. 
that's what it led to. Mm. Incredible. Well, good on them, that teacher. Yeah, I was thinking, <laughs> if only they knew, you know. I would, yeah. I've always thought yeah. I'd love to let them know, but yeah. um, what a difference they made to my life. Do you remember their name? Um, one was Mr O'Connell. Mr O'Connell. Thank, thank you, Mr O'Connell, for reading this. Thank you, Christchurch. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. And you've had so many community projects. You do so many things. Your determination to bring poetry to the people is, is huge. It's a yeah, real reflection. Right. Yeah, yeah, because I think, like, you know, sometimes at school we read poetry that was pretty impenetrable and wasn't related to anything in New Zealand. Mm. I didn't really come across New Zealand poetry at school. And right. I, don't, I think people might have been put off by that, so I want to take it to people and say, look, yeah. it's not frightening. Yeah. You know, look, look this, is, this could be you. Yeah. And so to open them up to poetry. Yeah, it has to be relatable and recognisable, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. A reflection of them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And one of the things you've done, I can't believe you did this many, but you, you created the poems in the waiting room. Oh, I The know. lovely wee booklets that people could read while they were that was total stressed or waiting in the, in the, in the <laughs> doctor's waiting room. <laughs> Um, and having these wonderful poems to read. Yeah. You created 50 of those. 50 editions, yeah, it was yeah. 13 years. Good heavens. Yeah. yeah. And so well appreciated by people. They, so that they were, they were good for their time. Yeah. Mm. So how many poets were involved in that? Um, oh, well, if you say each one had perhaps eight poets, so if you do yeah. the maths. Yeah. yeah. I'm not good at maths, but that's a lot of poets. <laughs> um, and then were they all local? No, oh, all right. over the yeah. world, which was really... Um, yeah. Amazing because people gifted me their poems yeah. for use. Wonderful. Um, from America, Australia, UK, and local poets too. But I think in America it was like it was the excitement of somebody from New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> and exotic. Yes. <laughs> so you know, it's like in New Zealand it was fine, but it was like in America. Oh, I'd be absolutely honoured. And could mm. you send me a copy in there? Yeah, wonderful. But yeah. they, um, yeah, they were good for their. Time. They went mm. out to rest homes and they went to um, prisons and hospices yeah. and the medical waiting rooms. And I got them transcribed for about four years. I got them transcribed into Braille. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah, so yeah. They, um, yeah. I had about, I think it was sort of like 12 each time of yes. Braille booklets. That's yeah. amazing. So it's, it's not just, it's your... Your passion is to take poetry to everyone. Well, it's inclusive because just because you're blind, inclusive. why does it mean that absolutely. you should Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, that's just, I'm um, so impressed by that. And it's, it's sad that it's finished, but to have created that sort of opus of 50 yeah. um, collections, it's just yeah. a wonderful thing. COVID and changing um, waiting rooms now have changed. Mm. They don't have magazines yeah, you so can't much. wait in them. And <laughs> <laughs> you have to wait outside. Yeah, and yeah. people have got their cell phones to mm. kind of keep them busy, so That's right. it was just good timing. Yeah, And you are a bit of a chameleon when it comes to ideas. You, you, you do have many different irons in the fire, don't you? So there's always another project that you, mm. you're working on. Mm. Um, another of those wonderful projects, and, and this is a, something of personal interest to me because I have one at oh. home, is the, the lovely Lilliput libraries. Yeah. And that started as, I'm going to make, create 10 of these libraries. And you've just celebrated your 300. 300 of <laughs> these wonderful I've got a little girlfriend libraries. keeps saying to me, I remember when you went, Karen, I've got tea and who am I going to give them to? Yeah. And um, my neighbour got one and my brother got one and then suddenly it just took yeah. off from there and it's just never stopped. Yeah. People are often asking me, how do I get one of these? Yeah. 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 And it's such a... Easy thing for me to organise, yeah, you know. Yeah. People just 
probably about two or three times a week someone will say, what do I do? And I just mm. send them the plans, yeah. send them question and answers, anything that they, I've got a big sheet of question and answers. Yeah. Just say, get in touch with me when it's up. Mm. We'll put it on our map, we'll give it a number. Yeah. Pop the photo on Facebook. And you call us guardians, those of us you who are, are lucky guardians. to have <laughs> libraries. Which we should explain what Lilliput's libraries are. Perhaps you could explain oh, how the concept came um, So my <coughs> son, one of my sons was living in Melbourne and sent me this picture of this bookcase at the end of his street. Yes. And he went, look at this mum. And I thought, oh, I could do that. So yeah. I showed my um, neighbour, Murray Patterson, and he's just a project guy. So yeah. he started doing drawings and where we find, we find them. Mm. And... Because um, I'm a charitable status with my poems in the waiting room, yes. I was able to get funding. So um, we funded these the little boxes with a shelf. You can help me describe them, Kate. Yeah. And they um, hold about 10 books on the bottom yeah. shelf, maybe. Mm -hmm. And the top shelf, most of them are just, they've got children's books, which yeah. lie flat. But some people have made their own. Yeah. Perspex window and yeah. a wee door. So it's a nice tight-fitting door. Yep. Nice and watertight. And they look like, to me, bird yeah. birdhouses. Bird, enlarged. Like a large birdhouse, yeah. yeah, with books in it. And yeah. um, painted beautifully. Yeah. The first first hundred I provided for people, and I got artists to paint them. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the concept is that people wander along the road walking, they see a book, they take yeah. it. The next time they can bring that book back, they can bring back one of their own books, or they can take that book back to yeah. another lily pop. Yeah. You yeah. don't have to be a member. You nope. just can rock up and, no, and take it. No, I From personal experience, I've found that they're particularly useful for men. I often get right. tradies, pull up yeah. in their utes outside the house, and yeah. hop out, grab a Isn't book, and go. And I don't know that they would necessarily have no. the time or the inclination to come to a library no. building, but they're quite happy to pop in and grab books in the... I think like my neighbour Murray, who was a good, keen bloke, mm. he wouldn't come into the library, it'd be too overwhelming. Yes. And he'd have to ask yeah. somebody, you know. Yeah. But he would often say, oh, I've got a good book today. Yeah. And he hadn't read in years. Yeah. So that's a good way to get it people is. reading again who've lost the art, yeah. really. But it wasn't, like, it was about the books, but it hasn't turned out to be about the books. No. It's turned out to be a reason for you to go out for a walk. Yeah the chance to connect with someone else who might be looking for books. Yeah. It's turned into more of a community thing. It really has. You see yeah. someone walking on the street with a book, you can go, oh, you've been to the Lilliput, yeah, and there's a check right. that starts. And you find that, uh, I don't know if this is the same with all of the Lilliputs, but the community take ownership of the library. It's yeah. not my Lilliput. Yeah. I, I might be, it's outside <laughs> my house, but the community <laughs> own it, totally. And they decide absolutely what the content should be. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Um, so you definitely, uh, it, it, they're sort of self-sustaining, mm. really. the, the community, after you know, it levels out, people decide what mm. sort of books they like, and those are the sort of books that appear, and yeah. they do, the, the, the changeover is, is the high I turnover of books, so and you, I love you know it that they're going. say to me, I actually keep one, I go, that's fine, <laughs> yeah. you know, like if you saw one that you've always wanted, mm. you keep it, that's fine. Yeah. And often people will say, look, I don't bring one back every time, but I'll just bring a box mm. to your house, that's a right. box, and yeah. I go, fine. Yeah, oh, we do get that. We've we've actually had to put in. We've got a sort of a strong box behind the fence, right, um, to house all the volunteer oh. the, the the books that people donate because we were getting carrier bags hung on the doorknob yeah. of the wee lily pots. I have a room at home, <laughs> which is my lily pot room. Oh goodness, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. I'll just wake up in the morning and go out the front yeah. door, and there's a box of box. Yeah. 
So you're never short of books. Never short of books. And they tend to, uh, yeah, I've kind of weeded out the, the poor quality ones because sometimes people will just dump, um, you know, they've got spare offload. books so they'll dump. Yeah. Um, so I do try to weed those out. So they're actually, you know, proper, yeah. proper bound books. Yeah. But, um, but other no, we than that. Are, like we are selective, but we're not. Yeah. Like I just say to people, you want them to be in good quality. Yes. And um, then we're happy to happy yeah. to have them. Yeah. And there's everything from classics to modern to, yep, you know, the well-thumbed, um, you know, Len Dayton's and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Reader's um, Digest, don't, we don't particularly want no. to give them room because a lot of people have got easy access to them. Yeah, and also they tend to be abridged versions, which mm. you're not reading the whole story, mm. which I kind of resent. Mm. <laughs> I just like, I just love coming across one. Like, I say, I walk on Sunday and this lady was working at the Lillipot and I went, oh, I'm Ruth from Lillipot. Oh, yeah. you're a person. <laughs> because everything's done by a, email. You're not a tiny person. Yeah. You're a real, real life-size yeah. person. <laughs> it's all email and sometimes I yeah. don't ever get to, I get to know the person via email but mm. not yeah because yeah. they're and um, we've got two in Australia Fabulous. and we've got um, probably about 30 in the North Island that's amazing and then all around and you the thought South it was Island. just going to be 10 locally 10 locally and it's and gone all over I ever find 10 people yeah and you can't you can't meet the need really there's always people asking yeah. for them yeah yeah, um, yeah. And we did have to, during the strict lockdown, level four, we, we were asked to take the books out of the lily books, yeah. and we did do that. Yeah. But people were so grateful when they came back yeah. because they couldn't go to the library buildings so that you know they, they had books to, mm. to get. So they serve a need where there are people, for example, who can't join a library mm. because maybe they don't have a fixed address mm. or they've got, you know, there's a reason they don't, mm. can't join a library they can go and, and still enjoy books. It's I a beautiful thing. Children turn up at ours and they were so excited because their mum wouldn't let yeah. them go to town, but she yeah. let them come along to the library. They rang her when they got there. They yeah. chose their books. They rang her to say they were coming home. And it was just this yeah. huge adventure. That's right. And Independence. Was, yeah, and, and the mum just loved it. She said, oh, they're just too wee to get the bus into town yeah. on their own. But she said, they've been talking about this for days. Mm. I often get um, boys on teenage boys on bikes hang around yeah. um, and have a look through, oh, which, quite which a they don't tend to do libraries. So. Yeah. <laughs> I overheard this boy saying, oh man, this is good one of those little yeah. things in our hood. <laughs> in our hood. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the streetwise wise Yeah. yeah. No, it's Funny, great. isn't it? A it's wonderful a, thing. It's a, something that had no long-term thoughts to it at all no. and it just took off. It's gained its own momentum, thing. hasn't mm. it? Yeah, it's it runs word. itself. Mm. Incredible. Well, so congratulations on your 300th. And that's in Glenorchy. Uh, yes, it is. And it's a beautiful one. Yeah. I saw it in the paper. Yeah. And quite large. At Kinlock. Well, it is. Oh. It's, um, the, the people at Kinlock built this sort of um, lovely, like, big notice board yes. about the history of the area. And they just popped a lily library on there. Ah, fantastic. Yeah. And it is, it's quite beautiful. Yeah. It's lovely. Beautiful wooden... Um, piece of art, really. Yeah, and, and a lot straight of after are, that, we got our second one, our 301st, oh. our second one for Stuart Island. Fantastic! Yeah, yeah, oh, that's that. really good. <laughs> that's really good. And it's like you could have a, a, a map made now with all the Lilliputs on, yeah. and you could just do a touring holiday of yeah. the Lilliputs, really. Yeah. Great We've got way a to map that people can go and look at and find yeah. out where they are. So it's a great yeah. way to see the country. Isn't yeah. It? There's your destination. Book by book. Book by book. <laughs> and one, read one, move on to the next yeah. one. Yeah. Fabulous.
We thought we'd take a little musical interlude from our wonderful interview with Ruth Arneson. So here is All My Love by Nadia Reed. You took me to live in You asked me to love you over I can't explain it Deeper than words Is our love Driving us home Over The old road That your father Drove your family About starting a family, a girl for your mother, a boy for me. Then something becomes familiar. Becomes familiar you 
Wonderful. Nadia Reed there with All of My Love, and that's from the album Out of My Province. She's based in Port Chalmers. Isn't that wonderful? Wonderful talents we have. Well, let's hear part two now of Ruth Arneson's interview. It's not your only um, contribution. We've obviously had um, many community activities over the years. We've, got, we've had, well, the current one, I think, is poetry cards, isn't it? You've, you've, you've had those out in the community. Had those out. Um, yeah. Just tiny little like a business card yeah which i put out covid sort of put a stop to that one too it oh, was okay, okay. It had, they had their time yeah um i just put a little snippet of a poem or a small poem on one side and then a lovely colorful picture on the yeah, back gorgeous. and i just put them in cabs or any businesses who wanted them it just says please mm. help yourself it's just that serendipitous you know, there's, a, there's a poem that's yeah. you know and that beautiful way of oh what a fabulous poem you know yeah. and, and just to come across that which you wouldn't necessarily do yeah. in, in just everyday and they're quite life. pretty so like they're on people's yeah. fridges I think that's gorgeous to keep pop or pop in, your, pop in your bag as inspiration yeah. when, you're, when you've got we're having what a mark? moment let's have a look <laughs> at this yeah that's wonderful and you've often married art with poetry mm, haven't you yeah and that's, that's something you do quite I regularly. love art like I love it but yeah. I couldn't draw a stick figure if you <laughs> asked me so I thought I had quite a few friends who are artists and I just thought mm. let's do this so I've had about probably eight exhibitions yes. where I've given the artist some um, a poem or a haiku or something mm. like that to get them thinking and then we end up with an exhibition. Yes, mm. so they paint or create they art paint in response or do to... Pot, or we had somebody um, did jewellery and someone else yes. did some clothing. So yeah. yeah, Gorgeous, just in response to poetry. And it's lovely. So it's how poetry inspires you to create more art. Yeah. And you can get three artists choose the same poem and their um. reaction is totally different which is wonderful yeah and that's the thing about poetry isn't it it's a very personal Personal. response that Mm. you have to a poem yeah Mm. fabulous example of that and you've got one currently haven't you at um, at the botanic gardens at the information center it's open daily between 10 and 4 so with that one i went to the artist and said i want to do something called the four seasons we're going to look at spring in the botanic gardens gorgeous so there was someone did some beautiful embroidery and work with hand sign which is stunning somebody made some paper using the seeds from the gardens oh, yes. in the paper yes, yes. photographer and other artists mm. and then when the works were finished I took a photograph and sent them to a Dunedin raised gentleman Ron Moss who now lives in Tasmania oh, yes. I've got one of his poems his yeah. haiku yes, yeah. he's a very and he created haiku for the work so it was the other way around this right. time so he responded to the, to the yeah. artworks yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's in display at the gardens oh, they're lovely wonderful. there's just seven just seven yeah. weeks, so it doesn't take long to look mm. around them. Oh, well worth looking at. Mm. Um, how long mm. is that up for? Uh, up till the April, May, end of June. End of June, fabulous, mm. okay. Well, hopefully um, there'll be a way of recording that for posterity. Well, my uh, lovely, lovely daughter will Phoebe's um, starting to make a booklet because wonderful. I did one of those last year at the gardens and we found at the end of it when everything dispersed, there yeah. was nothing. No, yeah. it's good to keep a record of that because yeah. it, it's so much in the moment, mm. but you do need to go back and... The work that was put into it. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's worth too yeah. showing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm pleased about that. Oh, yeah. I look forward to seeing the book as well. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, tell us about stepsisters. You're one half of stepsisters. Oh, I know. My real sisters were a bit perturbed when suddenly, <laughs> suddenly they saw on Facebook that I was a step, had a stepsister. Yeah. So what happened is, I've, uh, three houses up from us, Cheryl McCammon lived. Mm. I knew her vaguely. Her kids were at school, and so one day I bravely went up and knocked on her door and said, "Would she like to paint a Lilliput library?" Mm. And that's where our friendship began. Uh. And then we started talking about painting other ways and taking poetry and other ways to the community. So we formed Stepsisters, mm-hmm. where uh, for the first four summers, Cheryl, we would choose a poem, Cheryl would paint it on steps, mm. and I would read to her while she was painting. But um, we had quite a big job to do, we were doing it two summers ago at McKendry Bay School, and Cheryl mm. very kindly thought she might be brave enough to let me put a paintbrush in my hand. Wow. She was very nervous. I've been asking for years, but she said, you just stick to reading me stories. Yeah. And so I've joined now. Under her strict guidance, I'm allowed to paint in stencils. Excellent. And, and has she taken up the, the pen to write some poetry? Or? No, no, she sticks to what oh, well, she's... Well, maybe, maybe you should... Uh... Yeah, swap. Yeah, see what happens. So we've done them in playgrounds around town, yes. and yeah. um, there's one down by the wharf. And opposite the library. Yeah, we've got steps across here, which yeah. is beautiful because we get to read that poem every day yeah. as we walk to our cars. And it's just so joyous to walk oh, up the steps. You, you're kind of exhausted by the time you get to the steps yeah. and then you find the poem. And it kind of lifts you as you walk up the it's steps. Lovely. It's lovely. And that, it was, it, that one's about a wee girl, granddaughter, yeah, gumboats. And she yeah. contacted me at Christmas time and said, oh. um, I'm not that little girl any longer, but that my granddad wrote that about me and her granddad oh. has since died. So it was lovely. <gasps> so poignant. Yeah. yeah. And it's the poets beautiful always thing. give their work for, just donate it to yeah. me for the occasion. But it's beautiful for them to have their work for, for how many thousands of people get to see that? Well, poem? we did yeah. Baldwin Street. We've done. We've got a part of a poem up Baldwin yeah. Street. I just, I just love it because I love talking to people. Mm. So I took it on my wee po- pocket poetry cards, yeah. and I'd say, well, "Look, take some home with you, or say for kids, look, choose some nice ones you like, take yeah. home with yeah. you." We chat about the poem, why we chose it, mm. how they're going, getting up Baldwin Street, and yeah, I think the people stop, and when they stop. They're kind of eyeing you up as though it could be a bit scary to talk to and if you just yeah. chat them away. Yeah. And then the kids will start telling me about poems they wrote at school. And mm. That's amazing, isn't it? It's connections, and that, isn't it? It is connections. And, it, and again, it's that influence. Those, some of those kids will go on to be poets Yeah. because they've had that beautiful experience yeah. with poetry. That'd be marvellous. Isn't it? Mm. <laughs> and, and also the fact that the poem has been created, but it's still in creation if you like because you're making something mm. else with it mm. and, it, and it lives on so so much more than yeah. just being tied to a book or perhaps it exactly. wasn't rejected to be in a book so you freed it this, yeah yeah send it flying into the world mm. it's a beautiful thing i'm saying that a lot today because it is a beautiful thing <laughs> what you do is just it, it's everything that poetry why didn't we do that with poetry in the first place you know why didn't we think of that you know it's it's yeah it's how poetry should be experienced by people who don't necessarily... Because yeah. the poets all know where to go to get books or know exactly. who's got exactly. books, but it's the people yeah. who poetry hasn't touched them. But yeah. there are poems out there that yeah. are very easily read and understood and well, connect. Well, for everyone. A lot of people say, oh, I don't like poetry, don't get poetry, don't understand. It's because they've, as a child, been yep. forced to read some impenetrable yep. thing that yep. was very cerebral and... But this is real. Anything that's got thou or doest or something like that, for pink <laughs> exactly. I just couldn't, you know. Yeah. 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 But this is, this is your 
your inner thoughts, your experiences mm. of the day, it's of the moment, it's, it's, it relates to everyone mm. and, it, and it really speaks to us and says, you know, you're, you're not alone mm. or, or just mm. have fun, this mm. is fun, look at that. Yeah, word yeah. play. Yeah, but also to look at the world in a different way, mm. you know, it's not just a puddle, it's, yeah. it's the fun of splashing about with Wellingtons and a kid. You know, it's it's just having joy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. I've said it again. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh. So thank you for all you do. Oh no, look Such I just it's my passion. Yeah. And and it's I'm everybody's retire passion. End of next year and then it's like, whoa, watch out to not, Well, I was gonna say you can't retire from poetry. <laughs> What's next for you? Do, you? do you have plans, or is um, it you just? I've got I've got something that's very dear to me. I had a daughter who died um, oh, a couple of weeks after she was born. I didn't know that. So sorry. Probably about eight years ago, I just I decided I wanted to write about it in a yeah. collected way. So I've put together I've put together a series of poems, and they're not miserable and sad. But mm. I don't think many people would want to read it because. Who wants to read about someone's baby who dies? But it's what happens. Yeah, it's it, it life. Happens. Yeah. And my daughter-in-law is a um, Phoebe is the most amazing artist, and she came to me one day and said she'd like to illustrate it. So she's uh. working on these beautiful, delicate illustrations, which she so understands where the poems are coming mm. from. So I want to publish that in a small way. Mm. So that's doing something for myself. I think I've shied away from doing something for me, thinking, yeah. oh, no, it's easy to do something for other people, yeah. but that's where I'm at at the moment. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's a great way to use your creativity mm. for your own well-being. Mm. I've actually shared the poems with um, several doctors mm. and who have shared them. One doctor works with med students, and he's actually shared them with the med students, yeah. saying, you have your side of when you're dealing mm. with patients. This is how it can be felt right. on the patient's that side. empathy with your patient. Yeah. yeah. And, you yeah. know, these things you say, you may not think they mean much, but they mean mm. a lot, so... Yeah. yeah. And I can imagine that if you've gone through that yourself, mm. to read that someone else has that personal experience mm. too... It's a connection. It's that connection, because yeah. it's... it's it's a hard. I've, I haven't been through that experience mm. myself, and I can. I have children, so I can only imagine. I can't really imagine mm. what it would be like. But, yeah. but if I was in that situation, to to read something sympathetic mm. and understanding, so, like, so you're not mm. alone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's again mm. another beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> and there'll be other projects because I just can't stop yeah. myself doing no. mixing yeah. art and words yeah. and. Mm. And we are so grateful for that. We are a very lucky city. We have so many talented poets and writers in oh, this city. Oh, it's an amazing blessed, city. Absolutely blessed. And you are one of the, you're up there, you're oh, one of the treasures. I'm just so lucky the city allows me to do it. I think this sort of must be a collective yeah. grow where I go, oh, I've got another idea. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, so. I, I think we're very lucky in that the city, uh, there's more um, passion for poetry mm. in this city than I've seen anywhere else. Mm. I might be... I haven't been to Auckland, but you know, I think Dunedin is a poetry city, it, it's yeah. a poetic city, and I think even because it's taught well in schools and it's you know it, it goes up through a lot of kids who don't read will still write poetry. Mm. Or, 
So I, I just think it is one of those cities. Some 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 cities are known know, for other things. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. But poetry is really strong here, mm. and I think we're, we're a city of literature. We are a city of literature, <laughs> and you helped create that city of literature. Oh. So so yes, we're very grateful for to you, Ruth Arneson, QSM. Thank you, Kay. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing your life with us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, it was so good to hear from Ruth Arneson then. Just a lovely hour well spent. I'm very grateful to her. So thank you so much for taking part in that, Ruth. And we're so lucky to have someone like here in the city who's just so enthusiastic. And a bit of a shameless plug for myself. So I'm part of the exhibition that's on at the Botanic Gardens at the moment. So I made a little, or not so little. little. (laughs) Quite a big embroidery with kind of... CDs all cut out, kind of mm. a an aerial view of the herb garden that's down at the garden. Yeah. So thanks, Ruth, for including me in your projects. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the one that Ruth was referring to with as a beautiful embroidery. So yes, uh, yes. do go along and see Jill's work there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now then, you wanted to have a chat about I've got the Music Man. Uh, yeah, I've I need some help solving a little mystery. Oh, good. So. I noticed um, a few weeks back that the frontage of one of the stores uh, between uh, Hanover Street and London Street has come off and underneath what was there has been revealed an old shop frontage uh, and it says the music man, pianos, organs and all on all musical instruments. And... I want to know what it was, Mm. like who owned it, how long it was there. So it's at 338 George Street, and it's where Glowing Sky Clothing is now. But it's very kind of old and kind of rustic, and it's obviously been there for a long time. Mm. So, yes, so um, if anyone has any information, please contact us. So you can visit the Scattered Seeds archive at dunedin.recolop.com recollect.co.nz and on the home page you'll see a little button with an envelope on it and uh, it's on the left hand side it says contact us and uh, you can send us a little message or you can call us on uh, 03474 and leave a message and the staff will uh, pass anything along to us or you can email us at library at dcc.govt.nz and I'm desperate to know what the store was. <laughs> Me too. They're very excited. So that's part of our music project, really. We could, we're, we're also seeking help um, from people who'd like to contribute stories about music venues in Dunedin. We've, we've been to see that wonderful exhibition at <gasps> the Hocken Library, Fantastic. which is still running now. You can go and see that now, which is my brain's gone it's called kaleidoscope world um yeah so pop along to that enjoy that but also have a think about your memories of music venues that gigs you've attended and see if you can get in touch with us and contribute any stories you might have for our project yeah dig out any photos as well absolutely oh definitely <laughs> photos we love photos yeah, some of them may not be publishable. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but any any decent ones would be very welcome. Yeah. Now, we've also been asking the community to think of 
projects that they would like to share with us for the, for the archive, celebrating their own community. So um, we've spoken to the Mosgill Community Board, for example, and the Middlemarch Community Board about some uh, ideas that they might want their communities to take part in. So if you live in one of the community board areas or, or anywhere in the city, really, and you'd like to celebrate a person, a place or an event or anything in your own community that you think should be preserved not necessarily in amber but um, on our digital archive for perpetuity we would love to hear from you you can nominate any project you like and we'll help you do the research and contribute to that and i'm sure members of the community will be able to contribute photos and stories for that and as i was looking through uh, just some ideas i thought for mosgill i came across a lady called adelaide martins um, who became she well she actually founded the first maternity home no in, in the area yeah um, she wasn't even a nurse but she was known as Nurse Nurse Martins. Um, in 1888, she moved to Factory Road in Mosgill and she opened a maternity home, which became the first registered in the area. She became known as Nurse Hicks, and although she possessed no formal nursing training, was regularly called on in times of medical and social crisis. Her midwifery took her in into the small local community and out into the district where she attended confinements, as they were <gasps> called in those days. Mm. And she was helped in these duties by several of her daughters. She was quite an amazing woman because... Um, when she first came out here, uh, on the 17th of May 1884, when the youngest of her children was only 18 months old, Henry Hicks, her husband, was kicked in the abdomen by his <gasps> horse and he died of an internal hemorrhage the next day. And Adelaide was left to bring up seven girls and no. two boys in a harsh rural environment, and she did it. Shortly after Henry's death, the silver stream flooded, and she was forced to assemble her family on top of the kitchen table to prevent the children being drowned. Wow, what a story. What amazing an amazing woman. woman. Yeah, so she could be one. She could be one person that we yeah. celebrate, and I think I'd like to put her on the on the, on the yeah, archive. Yeah, we need maybe yeah. some sort of family members around. And, yeah. Yeah. That'd be very cool. Um, we're running out of time swiftly, but <laughs> I would just like to say don't forget to tune in next week. Uh, next week we will be talking and bringing some joy to your world um, with the lovely Julie Woods, oh, who's also known as That Blind Woman. Yeah. So she'll be talking to us next Monday, so tune in for that. So that's at 11 o'clock, 105.4 FM or 151, sorry, 15.75 AM. Uh, you can also listen to the second broadcast of the show on Tuesday nights at 10 o'clock. And don't forget, of course, there are podcasts available that you can download and listen to at your leisure on oar.org.nz. And I think probably that's all we've got time for. Um, we might have a wee snippet of this last song that we've got queued up. We might only get a short bit in, but uh, really looking forward to seeing you again next week. Yeah. So it's a goodbye Another from me. Another busy week. Another busy week, yes. <laughs> a goodbye from me. And goodbye. And goodbye from Jill.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.